Welcome to the Exercising Depression podcast. My name is Claire, your host, and today I'm putting makeup on whilst talking about my eating disorder. again where I'm going to be putting my makeup on for the day whilst talking because um, honestly this sounds really bad but I, f- I completely forgot to do an episode this week and it's now Friday and I've just had a bit of a mad week really and I completely forgot about doing a podcast episode <laughs> uh, and I don't want to get into the habit of missing weeks because I did kind of get into that you know during lockdown and stuff there's a couple of weeks where I didn't do any and that really doesn't sit very comfortably with me um so yeah I don't want to leave you high and dry I can't believe I completely forgot I've had a really busy week kind of in a nice way though I've done some really nice things um and when I sat down right now to record this I thought oh my god I have no idea what I'm going to talk about but I've had a few messages recently from people who listen um, one person who listens, um, actually no, a couple of people who listen, who also have podcasts, who I listen to, and knowing that they listen to my podcast just made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because I love their podcasts. Um, I'm not going to name them just because, because of the nature of this podcast, um, I don't know whether they would be comfortable me saying their names i'll message them after this and if they're okay with that then i'll name them in the next episode but i've had a couple of messages of people who um who who listen to our podcast who listen who (laughs) run podcasts i listen to and i really love um basically just talking about certain episodes that i've done and you know all that and i've had some really lovely messages recently and i was just gonna do like um you know sort of catch up updates kind of thing and honestly I thought that just sounded really boring (laughs) so I wanted to talk about my eating disorder um because it's something I've I think I've alluded to and mentioned a couple of times in episodes um and I've never really got into it I don't think though I did talk a little bit about it I think in the um episode about me and my weight but it's there's a whole story behind my, my eating disorder well, of course there is, there always is. Um, and it's not really one I've voiced very often, if ever, actually. Um, I've never really discussed it with my husband. It's just always sort of been there, part of who I am. Um, he's helped me through some really bad moments with it. And But yeah, it's never really been a whole conversation that we've had. And, my, and you know, we've had a lot of conversations about mental health, specifically my mental health, because, well, there's more to discuss. So, yeah, I thought I'd talk about my mental health. Uh, sorry, no, well, yes, but I thought I would talk about my eating disorder. And like I said, I'm doing this one, put my makeup on because I want to get this episode out today. And I also need to put makeup on. And I thought I might as well kill two birds with one stone. And I enjoy doing these because, um,. When I'm doing my makeup, my mind is free enough that I don't have to overthink things and I can just talk. 
So yeah, um, I'll ask those people who I mentioned today if I can mention them in a in the next podcast episode because I want to do a couple of shout outs to these people and um, communities that are attached to them because both of them are wonderful communities and people and podcasts. Two completely different podcasts, by the way. <laughs> but uh, well, hmm, no, not that bit one actually. But anyway, um, yeah. It's yeah. I also have quite a few people lined up for um, interviews. I have have been in contact with a couple of people, and someone's been in contact with me. Someone quite exciting actually about being a guest on my show, and I, it honestly got me thinking. Actually, um, I haven't had a guest on pages, have I? So in the next month, I'm going to be setting up some interviews and some conversations with people. Um, to cut to come on here <clears throat> if you're listening to this and it's that also sounds like something you would be interested in so if you've got a story to tell or you have a podcast of your own that you want to talk about do please feel free to get in contact with me and um yes i would love to have some more guests on the show i love doing guests actually it feels like it really has been a really long time since i've had guests i think the last guest i had was my sister and that feels like forever ago um so yeah get in contact and there are like i said there are a few people that i'm talking to at the moment who are going to be on it but so look out for them in the next month just scheduling is the main issue <laughs> because some one of these people is in america so gotta figure that out um so yeah my disorder now i know that last week i did the mental health tag and one of the questions was to name all the you know all the clubs that i belong to you know <laughs> bpd anxiety depression all that jazz but I omitted my eating disorder because it's something that at the moment I feel is pretty well managed. I mean, it's always there. I mean, I've heard... I don't... I say eating disorder. I've never... I've very rarely sort of named it as something specific. But when I do talk about it nowadays, it's more, I say, disordered eating. Or disordered thoughts about eating and food. Um, because that's kind of what it's developed into more now rather than it being specifically an eating disorder. But I will I'll name it. Um for many years since I was very since I was sort of a young teenager I have suffered with um anorexia. Anorexia nervosa. And like I said it's less it's less sort of, you know, in quotes, anorexia nervosa. It's more a disordered relationship, a a complicated relationship with food and disordered eating and drinking and anything that has calories in it. So when I was growing up, and if you've listened to my my history, I think I might have mentioned this, but when I was growing up I was really, really slim. And I was never really described as slim (laughs) by others. Um, I was always described as skinny hated that word ever since i've hate that word is just a horrible word anyway i have an issue with that word because it's such a negative way to describe somebody and it implies that you're sick and when i was younger i was naturally slim me and my uh, twin sister have always been naturally slim and my mum actually i think that's where we got it from but we've been tall as well well i was tall when i got to about 13 i was really shrimpy until i got to about 13 14 and then i shut up was it 16 my room is 16, it's pretty late bloomer. And um yeah, I was always slim. 
And when I was short, it wasn't so bad. But when I shot up, I shot up to about sort of five foot six, seven, eight. I'm about five foot nine now. And that sort of slimness didn't really fit it very well. And yeah, I looked very, very thin. Both my sister and I, both my twin sister, I looked very, very thin. But it was just the way we were. It was our, it was our makeup. It was our body. It was just you know, I was long. I had long legs, long body, long arms, kind of gangly. Um, well, I thought I looked kind of gangly anyway. And it was just always, always talked about. And it just did my head in because when you're that age, you want to just kind of fit in a bit anyway. You don't want to stand out. I got to a point usually when I was about 15 that I wanted to stand out because I, I was a bit goth and stuff. But when it comes to that, you really, really don't want to stand out because you don't want the negative attention. And we just got it all the time. And I think it was sort of, for a lot of people, it was under the guise of sort of, you know, a compliment. Oh, you're so skinny. And, but I never, I hated that word. I just hate, I hate that word anyway. It's horrible. And it was never... It was always kind of like a backhanded comment, um, compliment, I think. Well, I feel it anyway. Or that people are maybe a little bit jealous. Because, you know, growing up, you sort of grow and you'd shoot up. And you've got lumps and bumps everywhere. I mean, my lumps and bumps didn't turn up until I was about 16 or 17 anyway. <laughs> um, quite a late bloomer. But, you know, you don't want people talking about your body. And it was just always on people's you know, lips. They were always It was always described as being skinny and... Oh, so many times I'd get like asked if I was anorexic. Usually by people who didn't know me, so not like friends of friends or acquaintances or whatever. And it, um, at one point actually, this is when I was a bit younger. This is when I was in primary school. I was a gymnast for a bit. Me and my sister both were, and like, it was always, always talked about our weight. Got skinny minis. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. But so yeah, that was always just this. It was just always in people's mouths <laughs> and thoughts and stuff. And like I said, especially like people who didn't know us, always got asked if we were anorexic or got caught chicken legs and just really horrible, not very nice, not very nice things. And I kind of just got over it. I was painfully shy in high school. I didn't really sort of say boo to a goose kind of thing. Um, because so my, my confidence really was in, in the ground. I didn't have any confidence. People used to be able to shout skinny at me and stuff. Anyway, so that was like part of my identity growing up. And when I got to about 17, I was at college. College in the UK is after high school. So you go to high school till you're 16. And you go to college 17, 18. And then you go off to university at 18. Well, you can if you want. I didn't when I was 18. But you can go off to university at 18. Um... So it's kind of like the last two years of high school in America, I think. I'm not sure. But I was in college and I would just sort of... Um, finding out who I was, you know. I really got into sort of the goth scene or moshes as it was buzz back then because, hello, showing my age. But um, I just loved the whole aesthetic. And, at one, you know, when I was younger... I could eat anything I wanted and would never put any weight on. Hence the whole, you know, quote-unquote skinny thing. And I, did, I don't know, there was just something about that people really didn't like. I don't know if it's being slim or skinny 
it's something that people are obsessed with nowadays, or it, it was always, but I was, it was never something that I had to deal with when it came to weight. So I was just, me and my, I say we, me, I mean my sister as well, my twin sister were identical. And I never had to, I had to, never had to worry about weight, putting on weight, um, you know, that kind of thing. I never had to watch what I ate, what I drank, what, you know, what I did. Uh, and in some respects, you know, I felt quite lucky. But at the same time, it, it was just my normal. I never had to, do, had to worry about stuff like that because that's just was the way that I was made up. So I never really learned anything. I say learn, I mean, it's not like it was anyone's job to teach me, but I never knew about sort of calories and, you know, keeping active. I was just naturally a slim person. I just never had to really deal with that. You know, and that was a blessing at the time, you know, when you're a teenager and you're sort of out partying, drinking and going out and eating late night takeaway. You don't really want to be worried about all that. Not that you should be, you know. Your worth is not determined by your weight. But you also do need to take into consideration when you're a teenager, image is quite important. Especially when you start dating and all that nonsense. So I never had to worry about, I never had to learn or knew about sort of putting on weight and how to manage it. It's just just nothing that I ever had any experience with. But being slim became part of my identity and I kind of got into it when I was getting into the goth aesthetic. Being pale and skinny was very, very attractive. Well, not attractive, but you know. That's the cat. <laughs> she always makes an appearance, doesn't she? And my, I'm in my living room. Uh, I'm in my bedroom, and it's got an ensuite, and the ensuite has her letterbox in it, and she just sounds like she's doing the washing up. So I'll wait for her to finish before I carry on. She does this thing. I don't know if all cats do this. People out there who are listening, you've got cats too, they do this. So she, she goes to the toilet, she does a little washing up. It's really funny because she did her little bit little trays next to the shower. So when she's doing her washing up, she um she looks like she's washing washing the window of the shower. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, but she comes in afterwards into my bedroom and decides to tell everyone that she's been to the toilet. She does this really loud meow. I'll see if she does it after she's done her washing up. There it is. Yes, Rexy, I know you've been to the toilet. Well done. So yeah, so I'm on the story. Um, so yeah, I never learned or ever did concern myself with putting weight on. <clears throat> and um, you know, I never really had to growing up because that was just part of my body shape. And like I said, I got really into the aesthetic of it. And it kind of came part of my identity because I got more, a little bit more comfortable in my skin. Not loads, just a small bit. When I was about 16, 17, 18, and I got really into the goth aesthetic and... I really sort of liked being tall then. It took me a really long time to get on board with being tall. I hated being tall for the, lo- the longest time, but actually I really got in- into it when I got into the goth aesthetic, so I could wear these big scary boots and be intimidating and huge, and it was awesome. <laughs> so fast forward to when I was in my early 20s. Early, mid-20s? So I got really into the aesthetic of it, and that's why I really wanted to keep this sort of tall, live, slim, interesting-looking goth girl. So I became a bit more, con- not concerned, but I watched a little bit more what I ate. And, I, you know, you know, sometimes I would I would go like a whole day without eating. And uh, to begin with, I was a bit sort of like, oh, crap, I really shouldn't do that. But then I kind of got addicted to, like, the feeling of being hungry. It's really weird. 
it kind of made me just feel really like I, like I'd won something like I was winning and I was I was winning at being slim and interesting and, and tall and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I would not eat. <laughs> and like I said, most, that's the cat on the scratching post. She just, she can't leave me alone when I'm recording. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just I got to the point where I was quite happy not to eat for like a couple of days. Or I'd substitute food with coffee or alcohol. Because at the time, I was dealing with some really intense emotional problems because I'd been through something quite traumatic in my in my early teen, uh, sort of late teens. So I was dealing with something that was quite traumatic that happened to me when I was in my late teens. And the loss of control was something that I was struggling with on a daily basis. And food was something I could control and I did I controlled myself by not eating it <laughs> and when I did I mean I did, it, it wasn't like I went like weeks and weeks or whatever but I'd, I'd go a couple of days of not eating and then I'd probably pig out I think that's called purging but I, it wasn't really anything that I subscribed to with the rules or anything I just sort of did what I wanted to do so you know I would substitute food with coffee or alcohol and that's just what I did for ages and I was working at a restaurant at the time a really great pub that I uh, actually enjoy going to now I was a pub restaurant and that you're in your 20s and you know early like the teens like uh, teens 20s and you're partying a lot going out which I was doing um by this time I was actually with my boyfriend now husband at the time we met when I was 19 um, but we'd go out a lot and drink. Well, he wouldn't because he was always driving, but I would. And yeah, like I said, I would just substitute food with alcohol and, and coffee, or just nothing at all. I would just go, you know, a day or two without eating, because I didn't know at the time, obviously, because I was still a kid and I was going through something very, 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 very traumatic. But. Uh, the loss of control, that was something that I was really dealing with. And like I said, I could control my food. And it was adding to like sort of my skinniness, um, which I really liked and really enjoyed. And that was just my normal. It's just what I did. I just, you know, when you're a teenager in that, um, you know, early 20s, I was going out a lot with my friends and my sister and my boyfriends. And I wasn't at home loads. I wasn't out all the time, but, you know. I could miss a meal time or two or three and it wasn't really a big deal, it wasn't really noticeable. And sometimes I would like binge, you know, we'd go to takeaways or whatever, I'd go out for dinner or whatever and I'd eat loads. And I'd always feel really horrible afterwards. Sorry, this started off really structured, but now I'm rambling. <laughs> um, my memory is not great when it comes to sort of these years of my life because they were so messed up that I kind of taught myself to forget a lot of things because I did go through quite a lot of really horrible things in my late teens in, within it or within a year um, and I'm still dealing with those things today so I didn't have a very much of a relationship with food that was anything positive <laughs> I didn't like eating I didn't like eating that was, a th- was another thing I was just I hated like sitting down to eat like 
it wasn't that I found it boring, it was just I didn't like it. I didn't like seeing the food going into my body. And this is another thing, like, maybe my sister can attest to this, I don't know, but being a twin was very difficult in schools, in school and stuff, because we were always lumped together as the girls or the twins, and sometimes I'd find myself unconsciously in competition with her. I think I mentioned this in the, the My Weight and Me episode, but, you know... I feel like my body was, my mind was really comparing myself to my sister, and I was like, "Well, I have to be the skinny one." Not that in any way that we were, my sister was overweight or anything. In fact, she was very slim and, and quote unquote skinny too. But my brain lauded over the fact that I might be the skinnier one, and, and really relished in that. I was just so messed up, so messed up. Because <laughs> not even like it was a, a conscious decision. It wasn't like, oh, I want to be skinnier than my sister who is also slim. It was just something that my brain did. Those of you, you know, probably think the same, know I'm on about. But So, when I was in the, in that sort of area, era, I didn't, have, I didn't go to therapy, I didn't go to doctors, I wasn't medicated, no way, and I was clearly going through something very horrible. The first time I went to therapy was when I was in my, in my early 20s. Um... So, I moved down to Lon- near London when I was about when I was twenty one, and we lived there for three years. Miserable, most miserable three years of my life. I think I've mentioned these three years before. <laughs> Literally, the most miserable three years of my life. Um, I'll not go into it. I'll, maybe I've gone into another episode. I don't know, but or maybe I'll go into it in another episode. But lived down there for three years, and I didn't. I hated it. I just, and that's where my eating sort of got even worse because I was. For some part of it, very lonely. Um, didn't really have much energy or motivation to do anything, really. And it was also very easy for me to skip meals. And this is where I kind of started drinking a bit more because I was miserable. And I would just literally just substitute food with alcohol and coffee, too. Um... And then I got a job in a in a in a bar, in a cocktail bar slash sort of bistro, and it was it was a really fun job, but it was sort of antisocial hours. I worked a lot, um, and any time I wasn't working, I was visiting my boyfriend at university. So I was go go go, party party party, blah blah blah. Um, God, I was miserable down there. I hated it. But I'll go into that another episode. <laughs> So when I came back from there, we we moved back up to where I grew up. So where basically where I live now, um, we moved back in the same house and everything. It was, and I was miserable again because I was also still away from my my boyfriend. Is he still at uni then? He may have finished. I can't remember really the the timeline of it. But again, I was miserable, and I didn't have a job. I was unemployed. Both my sisters had moved out whilst we were down south, so it was just me and my mum. My dad was my dad had gone overseas to work, um, so just me and my mum. I think my sister, my younger sister, was there for a bit. I really can't remember. I really can't remember. Like I said, timelines are all skewed. Um, I was miserable. Didn't have a job, and I'm gonna. Long story short, sorry. I'm really like this is just gonna be such a long episode. Sorry, guys, but. When I was in my mid twenties, so I was twenty four. Well, it's still early twenties, isn't it? I went to France for six months, 
Um, I worked for a holiday company. I was a holiday rep and I lived in the south of France for six months and it was amazing. I had such an incredible time there. I had some wonderful friends. My job wasn't the most amazing job, but it was really, really good Like to be out there. I, was there. I came back home once, I think, for a weekend, but I lived out there for six months in Mediterranean France, you know, near the, near the border of Spain, and it was just amazing. I look back on it, like, I get all these, like, Facebook um, reminders and stuff, you know, when they come up, and I just, oh, I really miss it. It was so much fun. But during that time, I, the job I had was a very physical job, um, lots of lugging things around, lots of walking, lots of cycling, and I was, before, when I went to France, I was at my very, very lowest weight, I was seven and a half stone, and that, me being five foot nine, is very underweight. Uh, and it was really weird, but I like, really pr- prided myself on being that slim. I was like, oh, I'm going to be the thinnest girl there. <laughs> and I was. But I stopped thinking about my weight. Not, It wasn't a conscious thing. I just, I didn't have time to sort of be disordered. <laughs> um, because it was very demanding job very physical job it was also a very social job as well so you're like you know the people you work with we had a team of like what, 12 10 or maybe number 10 just I think it was under 10 and you work with them and you socialize with them and you live with them and I just was having so much fun for those six months meeting people having a great time having adventures and I just I mean we all ate together like we had lunch together and then we'd have like big meals in the evenings together or we'd go out um the place where we worked had a, like a pizzeria place and a, a restaurant and I my body changed in a way that I wasn't expecting and it wasn't that I didn't notice it till I got home after the six months I got home after six months and I'd put on two stone so I weighed myself and I was devastated to begin with so I was nine and a half stone and I was like oh my god I, what is this weight? Like, I'd never put on weight before, and it was just... But then I looked at myself in the mirror, and it was... I hadn't... My body had changed in a way that I'd become quite lean and quite... Not muscular, but I would... I'd built up muscle. And I looked amazing. <laughs> I looked incredible. I had a six-month South of France tan. <laughs> my hair was bleached blonde at the time, because I couldn't have coloured hair. And I looked incredible. I really did. And I got—I always get compliment after compliment after compliment from people I knew, people I didn't know, family, friends, everybody. And I just felt amazing. I was like, wow, gosh, this is awesome. But I had done something where, so my body was starting to put on weight and I didn't know how to really deal with it because I didn't exercise while I was in France. I just had a very physically demanding job you know, lugging, you know, gas bottles around and cycling all day and walking around, helping move things and so much cleaning. (laughs) And my body weight, body mass, body fat, whatever, started to redistribute a few months after I came home. I didn't really know what to do about it. I didn't know how to keep up this, this body. Uh, I'd got so used to, you know, drinking and eating on a very regular basis that I got out of the habit of not eating. Um, and it, I found it really difficult. So my, I, my my body stayed like it did for maybe a month or so. 
and I loved it. And then it started getting a bit doughier <laughs> because I wasn't exercising or watching what I was eating. I was just so into that, into that um, mindset of eating and drinking on a regular basis. And I went back to France the next year, but I only did three months. I just did half a season. Um, and I would look at pictures of myself from then. Like, oh God, I, would look, I had such a belly on me compared to when I was in the south of France, because I was in the north of France, I was in Brittany. This is the second time, which is stupid, because I'm looking back at pictures and like, I, was, I, looked, I looked fine. Um, but because I did it for three months, it was still physically demanding. Um, and actually, I did start running when I was in France the second time. But, um, yeah, I, my body just wasn't the same as it was when I came back from the south of France. And that just kind of got this weird ball rolling where I had to, I had to start watching what I was eating. And when I got back from France the second time, I started putting on weight. I started university when I got back, which was brilliant and I really enjoyed it. But that was also like a partying and schedule that was all over the place um I could also skip meals but then I also started drinking things like Red Bull which just chopped the sugar and bit things that are really horrible for you they're just horrible things aren't they um and this was like when I got back from France the first time that's when I, I started living with my boyfriend and then when I went to university he was my fiance planning a wedding anyway I put weight on in a very short amount of time actually and because I th- I'm not like playing play the blame game in any way, shape or form, but I didn't know how to manage my weight. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know that you had to calories in, calories out. I didn't know that you had to keep active. I was at university, so I was drinking a little bit more, not really eating, not eating a bit more because I was with my boyfriend who made me have made, like proper meals. And I just piled on weight. And to me and my stupid brain, this was the worst thing that could ever happen to me, which is so stupid. But I was miserable. I was utterly miserable because I... I equated so much of my own worth to my weight. And I found it really difficult. So I, I got... To, uh, so I got married. I was on a diet before my, my, my marriage, before my wedding. I look at my wedding pictures and I wish I'd been a bit slimmer, but it, I still, it doesn't really matter. Because after my wedding, I got bigger, um, the biggest I've ever been. And I was miserable, utterly miserable. I didn't feel attractive. I didn't feel like I was worth anything. I felt like I shouldn't even go out and do anything. I had a mental breakdown anyway while I was at university and ate and drank my feelings. (laughs) And I started having a very difficult relationship with food again and I went on on and off stop eating and during this time my husband was in his he was trying to be a teacher and he was also in his so he was trained to be a teacher then he was in QT and anyone out there who knows all about that knows that it's tough and you don't have any barely any downtime all you're doing is work 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 he's working till like four o'clock in the morning sleeping for a couple of hours and then going to work so I was in charge of meals and I would get away with not eating all day until the wee, 
in the evenings together. But I wasn't shifting any weight and I was miserable about it. So I started really starving myself. I would go try and go days without eating. And whenever I did eat, I would feel incredibly guilty and disgusting and horrible. And then, yeah, it was hard, it was really hard. And this isn't that long ago, this is what, I've been married six years. This was straight after I got married, right up until maybe about two years ago. About a year and a half, maybe. And now this is when I started being medicated and being in therapy, in and out of therapy a lot. But I just can't get on with it. I never, I just couldn't get on with the idea of having to eat. I hate eating. I hate eating. I hate it. I hate the fact that there's things going on in my body that are going to put put weight on me and put fat on me. And, and so this has really lost some momentum here. Um, <clears throat> it just sounds like I'm just being a bit, having a bit of a pity party, or or you know, all for myself when I'm not. I, I hate eating. I hate food. I love food, actually. <laughs> I love food. I think about food all day. And it's because of that that's why I hate food. It's because it's such an obsession for me. Um, and so I, I got I got to my heaviest about three years ago, I think. Two, three years ago. And I can't look at my, I can't look at pictures of myself or videos of myself and not, not want to cry. And when I say like this kind of thing, it's I'm not equating worth to weight at all in anybody except myself. This is all about me. I don't judge people for what they look like because I'm not a trash human. I am a bit of a trash human, but not for that. <laughs> um, but I was on a, I was on a game show <laughs> three years ago. My father-in-law was on Pointless, and I loved uh, the whole experience. It was wonderful, but I find watching the video back very, very, very difficult because I was at my heaviest then, and I can't, I can't watch myself. It makes me so upset seeing myself the heaviest I was and knowing that people are watching me and I'm that big. And it's just, you know, you know, I wasn't even like. It doesn't really matter how big I was. I wasn't. I was overweight. I was like massively overweight. Not that that matters. It doesn't matter how overweight you know, I didn't There's nothing wrong with being overweight. You know, it doesn't make you any less of a person. I'm not going to get into this because I'll just go down a go down a rabbit hole. I don't really don't want to piss anyone off. But if you get pissed off, then I'm sorry, but that's your problem, not mine. Because I think you you know that I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. So about two years ago, <clears throat> I decided. I really, really want to shift this weight because I had seen myself on that game show and absolutely loathed what I saw and it made me very upset and I I was quite depressed by it afterwards. And my hatred for food just intensified and I stopped eating again and my husband noticed and said, you know, you can't really do this. You know, I'd we'd sit down for dinner and I just couldn't bring myself to eat. Couldn't bring myself to put a, to put a, a forkful in my mouth. I just couldn't do it. And every time I did, I'd feel disgusting. And I would hate myself. And I would probably restrict a lot. And um, 
So I started going to the gym with my mum. And, you know, this has sort of come around now that, you know, you guys know, if you've been listening for a while, you know about where I'm, where I'm at now. So the past sort of year and a half, I have lost about 13 kilos, something like that. I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but I've lost quite a lot. Now, when I first started noticing that I was losing weight, I was euphoric. <laughs> about a year ago, I noticed I was euphoric. I was over the damn moon. And that's when I started counting calories. And exercising loads. I would have I had a calorie counter, I had an app. And I would not go over 1,200 calories in a day. And if I did, I would just not eat for the next day. Because, you know, to count on it. And this triggered something huge in me. It triggered my disordered eating and thoughts about food again and how food is bad and that I shouldn't be eating it. And I would obsess over the calories of everything I was eating, every small thing I was putting in my body. One time I put a mint in my mouth and I I counted that and it was like something like two calories. And I was just like, oh, this is great. What a great snack. A mint. A blooming mint. And then... Someone has been noticed that I was getting quite obsessive with my calorie counting because I was like, I can't go over 1,200. If I do, I'm going to put weight on again and be miserable. And he noticed that I was getting quite obsessive. I get obsessive over things. And he kind of sort of brought it to my attention and I was like, whoa, oh my God, like how obsessed have I got about this? So it was a big leap for me and it, sucked but I deleted the app and because I knew as much as I wanted to be obsessed with it and I wanted to be the skinny legend that I was when I was younger it was very very unhealthy of me to continue counting calories like I was doing because I was getting very obsessive and like I said it triggered it would triggered my eating disorder it triggered the anorexia <clears throat> and the disorder, disordered the thoughts about food. <sighs> I just didn't know what to do about it because I was I was losing weight. I was losing weight quite quickly actually. Because when you first start losing weight, you do tend to lose quite a lot very quickly, and then you sort of plateau. I think I plateaued now, which is just depressing. And I we decided <laughs> we because me and my husband done a sort of health. We're not on a health kick, but we just like being healthy. So we, I, you know, even during quarantine and stuff, we've, we've still subscribed to this, but we started doing intermittent fasting and then it's, and then upgraded that to OMAD, which is one meal a day. So my husband and I don't eat all day until it comes to evening, where we have a main meal and it's usually quite a big meal. So all our calories, basically. And it's worked really well for us. We've, you know, I've lost... I'm continuing, continuing to slowly lose weight. And my body now... It's just the new normal now, you know, I don't, I get hungry, but I don't get, like, ravenous in the day. Um, and even though I spend all day thinking about food, <laughs> I do get to eat, like, quite big meals when I finish the day, as it were. And usually we eat after we, straight after we've, we've worked out, so that's always really fun. Um, but, yeah, I have started obsessing over food again recently because I'm not losing the weights fast enough. 
and I'm going through some really a really difficult patch at the moment with my self-esteem. I don't have much of it. Um, I'm upset that I'm aging, and with that, I don't look 21 anymore. When I was 21, I was slim. When I was 21, I was a model. That was how that's how lithe and slim I was. So it's, yeah, I have a very difficult relationship with food. I don't like eating, I, even though I love eating. That's the thing. I love food, but I hate eating. I hate food. I hate. I wish I could get away and live without having to eat. Um, I get very addicted to the feeling of being hungry. So, if I get particularly low, which happens more and more at the moment. I will try and starve myself. Now that's been harder to do <laughs> since lockdown because I have been with my husband almost constantly and he's very good at keeping on top of me when it comes to food. Quite often I would say that I've eaten, in the, I won't eat, have tea because I've eaten in the day. I've had my one meal or something. So yeah. That wasn't quite as cut and dry as I was expecting to be, so I'm really sorry about that. But yeah, my eating disorder is something I have every day. Um, I obsess over food. I obsess over food. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Um, I'm still continuing to lose weight. I'm very slowly continuing to lose weight. But hey, something else I have, body dysmorphia. <laughs> uh, I don't see any changes in my body when I look in the mirror. I, it sounds like I'm being dramatic, but I'm not. I genuinely don't see any change in my body. I look in, my, in the mirror and I see the body I had when I was about my biggest. And I just can't unsee it. I can't, it's, I'm not saying, oh, I've just got body dysmorphia. I, I literally have body dysmorphic disorder. <laughs> I, 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 my, my acute psychosis has born forth this body dysmorphia. And as much as I know that I have that, and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm, I can't see what I, what's really there, it's still very disheartening. I don't really know where to go from this, if I'm honest. Um, it kills me that I'm not as slim as I used to be. I look at pictures of myself when I was in my early 20s and think, wow, I looked amazing. I will never look like that again. I hate my body so much. I just hate it. But I'm going to carry on carrying on. Thankfully, I have my husband who is very attentive. And how, no matter how hard I try to like stop eating, he, he notices. It's just so frustrating. Anyway, this has gone on long enough, and I'm really sorry if I've bummed you guys out. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a bit more informative and less of a pity party. But yeah, I have an eating disorder that is not really anything that's specific, and I don't think it's just disordered eating, disordered thoughts about food, and I obsess over food and my body and weight. I hate every part of it. So yeah, I hope you guys are doing better than me. <laughs> I hope you're okay. 
Again, if you want to be a guest on my show, please get in contact with me. You can either email me at exerciseanddepressionpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter, which is at edepressionpod or Instagram's probably the best way to get in contact with me is uh, at exerciseanddepression underscore podcast. Uh, I do have a personal account, which is underscore Mrs underscore monster underscore. It's private, so I'll have to approve you because... Um, my husband's a teacher in the local town and blah 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 um but that's probably the best way to get in contact with me is instagram because i'm on it like constantly um yes get in contact with me like i said i do have people lined up as well so in the next month i'll be recording them but if this you want to be a guest please 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 do get in contact with me i love talking to people so yeah that's all my links i hope you're doing okay and i'll see you next week bye guys